Yeah. We got a super mega fan. His name. Hi, my name's Steve Bartlett. Did you miss me? Yeah, last week we didn't have the show. I was on my, I guess, my honeymoon with my wife. We had our 16th wedding anniversary and we had a fantastic time in Orlando. So I know you guys all missed watching me live at uh, 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. So what can you do with your time if you can't watch Steve Bartlett every Wednesday live at 7 o'clock on WeBeam TV? But tonight, to make up for you, we have a special guest here tonight on Fight Back. And as you know, every week I always try to encourage people that they should fight back, they should learn their rights, they should educate themselves, and they should find a way to fight back. And the best way a person can fight back is actually become part of the system that you're trying to change. A couple of weeks ago we had a candidate on for the United States Congress and somebody at the local level running for county commissioner. And today we have another candidate for office here in Pasco County who's actually running for the position of county court judge. And I want you to welcome my friend um, and my colleague, Mr. Jeremiah. Uh, and you have a last name too. It's not Jeremiah was a bullfrog, even though that's what we call you. Uh, your name is Jeremiah Hawks. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on the show. No problem. Thank you for having me. Okay, so you're running for county court judge here in Pasco County. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, a lot of people don't really know what a county court judge is. They just know that there's something called a judge. What's the difference between a county court judge and a circuit court judge? So in Florida, we have a, a two-tier um, trial court system. And like you've noted, the, the, the top tier is called the circuit court, and the, in the bottom tier is called the county court. All, co all trial court judges in Florida are elected. They're all nonpartisan elections. And what the county court does is they do uh, misdemeanors, which are crimes punishable by less than a year in jail. Uh, they do civil cases under 15,000, which includes small claims cases. Uh, they do landlord-tenant actions, so if there's an eviction action pending or something like that, that would go to county court. They also do um, ordinance violations and traffic tickets. Okay. Uh, and you guys also do the uh, small claims courts, too. Yeah, small claims is part of the, yes. So part of your job is being like a, a local judge, Judy. Uh, at times, yes. A lot of people do come in without an attorney, and, and they, you know, the, sometimes the, the sort of things that you would see in those sort of shows would, would most likely be in county court. Okay. Yeah. But most of the time, they... they um, have you either do criminal or then they, they put you and rotate you to the, uh, the civil parts, which are the other things that you said? Yes. Okay, now, and the criminal cases are charges that are punishable by less than one year? Yes. And most of those would be uh, DUIs, domestic batteries, petty thefts, people driving without a, without a license? Those would be some, some common examples, yes. Um, reckless driving, uh, disorderly in, uh, conduct, um, trespass. Yeah, those sort of things. Okay. And uh, a lot of the people who are in county court, it's the first time they've ever been part of the legal system. And I remember a judge telling me once that he thought it was very important being a good county court judge because 
you know, people get their first taste of what it's like to be part of the system. And if you treat people fairly, then they're more likely to have a positive outcome by going through the process. I, I think that's very true. I mean, I think, I think, I think one, you, you have to give people an opportunity to be heard. I mean, a lot of people are there without an attorney. Uh, they don't know much about the court process. The judge can't be their attorney for them, but the judge can make sure that they have an opportunity to, to actually speak and, and actually um, you know, maybe ask some questions about their concerns. Uh, I think when you talk to people, if people talk about frustrations with the justice system, a lot of times what it is is they feel like that the judge had uh, his or her mind made up before they even walked into a courtroom. Uh, you know, and, and, and it's not enough as a judge to just make the legally correct decision. You also have to maintain the appearance of justice and people will not have the sense that they receive justice if they didn't have an opportunity to present their case. If they feel like they have something to say that day, then, then it's part of your job as a judge to give them an opportunity to, to state their case. And I agree with you about that because I know a lot of clients and all they want is they just want the opportunity to tell their side of the story. You know, they feel like no one's listening to them. They just want someone to fight for them. They, they don't care if they even win. Well, they like to win, but they would rather at least fight and try to win than just act like they're getting railroaded through a system that they really don't understand and they don't have any part of. No, I, th I think that's very true. I think people have to have the opportunity to um, participate, and, and particularly, uh, you know, when they don't have an attorney to explain to them how the process is working. Uh, like I said, the judge can't be your attorney for you. He can't say, well, this is what you need to argue. But the judge can give you the opportunity to ask some questions. The judge can give you the opportunity to express your concerns. And, and the judge can, can set aside a little bit of time for people to, to, to have their day in court. That's what the purpose of the court system is, is to resolve disputes. And the judge just can't sit up there and say, oh, you know, this is a debt collection action. Here's all the paperwork. We're good. You know, judgment against you and have a nice day. What do you think are the most important qualities that a judge should have? So I, I think, one, a, a judge needs to have a, a, a good grounding in the law and a good background in the law. You do have to make legally correct decisions, so I think that's important for a judge. I think a good temperament is important for a judge. I think a judge needs to be patient. Um, a judge needs to be willing to listen to people. Uh, and a judge, I, I think, you know, a judges can be not chummy, but I think a judge can be nice. I mean, I think a judge can, can be pleasant to everyone that's in front of them. I mean, I think um, politeness and, and discernment uh, are important in a judge. Um, you know, I, I don't think that, um, again, you know, when people come into court and they just feel like the judge has his mind made up and he has other things that he'd rather be doing than, than sitting there listening to you, they're but not going to feel like they got justice. Well, Judge Judy, that's good for ratings, how she's mean to everybody, but that's not what you want in real life. No, not in a courtroom. Uh, not a, a judge should. Um, now, a judge needs to maintain the decorum in a courtroom. So, if people are being abusive to one another or abusive to the court, then the judge needs to to maintain decorum. The parties need to be respectful to the court, and, and the court needs to make sure that the parties are being respectful to the court. Okay. Well, I have to interrupt you right now because we have to go to a break. And when we come back, what we're going to talk about is your actual qualifications and your experience.
I'm Jerry from Hot Locks Hair Salon. We are conveniently located at 13414 US Highway 19 in Hudson. I've been a local hairstylist in our community for the last 34 years, seven of which I was an educator. Our passion is the artistry of hair, and Hollox is here to help you achieve your perfect image. You can call us at 727-514-9978. Hi, welcome back to Fight Back. This is Steve Bartlett. I'm here with my guest, judicial candidate for the county court judge in Pasco County, um, Jeremiah Hawks. Thank you for sticking around and not leaving during the break. No, it's no problem. Thanks for having me. Okay, so uh, I want to talk about your experience, about um, what you've done in the past that makes you think that you can become a good judge. When did you graduate from law school? So I graduated from Florida State in December of 2000. Okay, so you're a Seminole fan, obviously. Yes, very much so. Would you be prejudiced against anybody who goes before you who happens to be a Gator fan? No, I would just make fun of the fact that the team's lost for six years in a row. Okay, so um, so you went to, what was your major in undergrad? Uh, I was a political science major at Florida State. Okay, so I majored in political science as well, which meant that if I didn't become a lawyer, I planned on living with my parents for the rest of my life. Yeah, no, political science pretty much dooms you to a, some sort of graduate degree okay. if you want to get a job. So, so what was your first uh, job out of law school? My first job, I went to work for the Second Judicial um, Circuit State Attorney's Office. Okay, where's that located, the Second? That's, um, that's Tallahassee, uh, Leon County, uh, Jefferson County, Wakulla County, Franklin County, Gadsden County, and Liberty County. Okay, so you're in the real southern part of Florida, even though it's the northern part of Florida. Yes. Um, no. Now, your dad was a judge, too, wasn't he? My dad was on the Second District Court of Appeals for about a decade. Okay, and was he on the bench while you were... Um, going to law school or did he take the bench after he graduated? So he took the bench shortly after I graduated actually. Okay so. and was he a, a trial judge before that? Uh, no he was a um, he was an attorney he like you he was a sole practitioner um, he, he uh, was in Citrus County mm -hmm. uh, he was a prosecutor for a couple of years and then he went and opened up his own shop uh, you know one of the reasons I decided to become an attorney is, is he took me to watch um, part of a murder trial one day and I got to watch him cross-examine a, cross a blood splatter expert. Uh, and first they had an argument over whether the testimony would come in, whether he was legitimately an expert or not. Um, and, you know, and then they did all the testimony in front of the jury. Um, and, you know, and he talked about uh, you know, what various blood splatter on the walls meant and, and, and how that relate to the slashing motion and things like that. And you know, then Dad cross-examined him and, and, and kind of tore apart some of his testimony. And I, and I just thought it was, was, it was fascinating to watch. Uh, you know, and, and watch my dad defend this man accused of murder. He, he ultimately won. And, and you know, I'm sure you know, capital cases are not easy to win, typically speaking. No. Um, and so it, um, it was just really interesting, but he spent a long time preparing for it. And just you know, as 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 a as a as a, a school student, that really just kind of fascinated me and kind of planted the idea that you know I think that's what I'd like to do someday. Okay, so and, you want to be a lawyer to take out, to be like your dad? Yes. Is that why you want to be a judge? Um, well, you know, I think it's interesting. It's kind of the next challenge. Like I said, I was a prosecutor, okay. uh, and then so I, how long did you stay with the state for? I was with five and a half years with the state. Did you do any capital cases when you were no, a prosecutor? No, I did not do any capital cases. Uh, did some life felonies, robberies. Um, burglary dwelling with person assaulted, uh, leaving the scene with a, an accident with death. Um, so there are felonies. Did you spend any time uh, doing misdemeanors? Oh, yeah, certainly. Um, you know, while I was still a law student, I did four DUI trials as a, a CLI, a certified legal 
intern, and then uh, I went, when I went to work for the state attorney's office, they start you off in misdemeanor and traffic. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I went to um, Jefferson County and Wakulla County for a while, and while I was there, I did some juvenile as well. Um, so I've, I've done most of the full gamut of, of what you do as a, a prosecutor. And then after you left the state attorney's office, where did you go then? Uh, I went to work for the state house of representatives as the general counsel for two years. Okay, and who were you the general counsel for the entire state of no, just the Florida House of Representatives. Just, just the House? Just the House of Representatives, yes. Oh, wow. And how was that? Uh, it was a really great experience. I got to argue a case before the Florida Supreme Court. Um, I got to deal with a lot of ethics matters, like when people made complaints against lobbyists. Um, you know, those have to be investigated, and then they have to be presented to a special committee, and I, I, and I got to do a couple of those uh, And how did you cases. get that job? Who hired you for that? Um, uh, Speaker Rubio. Okay, so Marco Rubio actually hired you to be the counsel for the House of Representatives in the state of Florida. Yes. Wow, that's pretty impressive. How many years did you do that for? Um, so all of Speaker Rubio's term. Um, so I, I started and um, I started in July of um, 2006. A little while, you know, he he started speakership in November, but they knew who they were going to bring on board. Right. And then I was there through um, uh, December of um, 2008. Okay. And then after that, what did you do? I came down here to Pasco to work for the sheriff's office. Okay. Now, you're not a police officer. No, I am not a police officer. So what did you do for the sheriff's office? So I'm in-house counsel for the sheriff. So I started off as the general counsel at the sheriff's office. Um, so you do um, civil forfeiture work. You advise deputies on, on various legal issues that they have to deal with. As you can imagine, law enforcement officers have a lot of legal issues that come up. So if a police officer had a problem, he didn't know whether he could make an arrest legally or not. Would he call you and say, hey, I got a question, I don't know whether I got PC to make an arrest? Uh, he might. He might also talk to one of the assistant state attorneys about that sort of question, but he might call the legal office. Um, you know, um, you know, so they, um, I remember shortly after I got here, one question was, is um, would an airsoft rifle be considered a deadly weapon? You know, and you have to look at some case law, and there's there's actually a case that says a BB gun, and an airsoft rifle is pretty much a BB gun by another name, mm -hmm. um, because it can hit somebody in the eye and, and, and put your eye out, as the, as the old saying goes, right. uh, that, that it actually can be considered a deadly weapon if, if you're pointing it at somebody and shooting them, trying to shoot them with it. If somebody sued the, the uh, law enforcement for a civil rights violation, mm -hmm. would you be handling that type of case, or would that be farmed out to somebody else? Those would normally go to outside counsel. Now, we... We oversee that from the internal perspective. We make sure all the witnesses are available. We make sure all the discovery is provided. You know, we, we, we're presented with any settlement uh, agreements, and we, we talk over the sheriff as to whether we want to take those or not. Um, now, were you there before Sheriff Nako became the sheriff, or did you come after him? Yes, I, I came before. he. So I came in January of 2009, and he became the sheriff in April of, of 2011. But we had worked together in Tallahassee, so I've known him, Sheriff Nako for a long while. What did he do in Tallahassee? Uh, he worked for the House of Representatives as a Deputy Chief of Staff. Oh, okay. So you were colleagues in Tallahassee, so I'm yeah. sure you have a good working relationship. A great working relationship. Even though he's the boss. He is the boss. Uh, yeah, no, he's certainly in charge. But he, um, we do have a very good working relationship, and he's a great boss. He's a great person to work for. And, and if anybody wanted to get into a law enforcement career in the law enforcement field, I would, I would say the Pasco Sheriff's Office is a great place to do that. Okay. Now, as an attorney, I've only been a defense attorney. I've Oh. Let me. Have you ever done any work in civil law? So certainly, uh, you know, since I've come to the sheriff's office, we do um, civil forfeitures. We do um, we do the out. We do oversee the outside litigants, and also we get um, cases like a gentleman sued the sheriff's office last year, 
saying that he um, shouldn't have to pay property taxes. And he actually sued in federal court to okay. say it was unconstitutional to charge him property tax. Okay. And while you do develop a certain amount of sympathy for that position, uh, you know, we had to go into federal court and say, hey, one, the sheriff doesn't have anything to do with setting the property tax or collecting the property tax uh, unless you don't pay it for a while. And then there's a court order and the court says to the sheriff, hey, go take, go mm -hmm. do an auction. But other than that, we really have nothing to do with the property taxes. And so, you know, so we had to handle that, uh, that in federal court. Uh, we had um, a judge issued an injunction against one of our deputies um, relating to an inmate. And, you know, so we had to I handled that for the deputy, and then I also handled the appeal, and, and the appellate court said the injunction should never have been entered. Do you have any uh, attorneys working beneath you So there, the Yes. Yeah, so, so I have, in my time, become the bureau commander okay. for the Management Services Bureau, is what it's called, and under that is legal, finance, and budget. And so the legal unit has three other attorneys in it. Okay. So you, and you supervise them? Yes. Okay. Um, now... My background's completely as a defense attorney, and if you ever read my literature, I always say that I've never prosecuted the case, and I never will, because my heart's in being a defense attorney, and mm -hmm. that's who I am. Um, your background has been with law enforcement and being a prosecutor, and prosecutors are law enforcement as well. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the fact that your background has been solely on the side of law enforcement, you've never practiced criminal defense, do you think that you could be perceived as being biased for prosecutors or um, the police? Well, I can't speak to other people's perception. Um, I can tell you that um, I have, you know, I think as a prosecutor, in order to be an ethical prosecutor, you have to make two determinations. One, that the person actually committed the crime, and two, that there is enough evidence to convict them. And, and I think I, I always was very good at, at holding to those standards. I, I think, you know, one of the things they, they told you when you're a prosecutor, and, and I would hope prosecutors would keep this in mind, is you represent the state of Florida, and the defendant is part of the state of Florida. In a sense, the defendant is your is, is part of your client. You know, you know, we we have an adversarial process, but the prosecutor does have an extra burden to to look out for for justice above and beyond uh, just winning the case. I know? agree with you about that. And we'll talk about that some more when we come back after our next break. I'm Jerry from Hot Locks Hair Salon. We are conveniently located at 13414 US Highway 19 in Hudson. 
I've been a local hairstylist in our community for the last 34 years, seven of which I was an educator. Our passion is the artistry of hair, and Holox is here to help you achieve your perfect image. You can call us at 727-514-9978. Welcome back to Fight Back. I'm here with judicial candidate Jeremiah Hawks. Um, you were just talking about how the role of a defense attorney is different from the role of a prosecutor, and you are absolutely correct about that. When you're a defense lawyer, you have an obligation to defend your client at all costs. You can't break the law, but you only have one duty, and that is to do what's best for your client. Not justice, but what's best for your client. You can't break the law, but you have only one concern, and that's protecting your client. But when you're representing the state of Florida, your obligation, your oath isn't to secure a conviction, but your oath is to protect the concept of justice, which is the same oath that a judge is supposed to take, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, obviously a judge has a different role than a prosecutor, uh, you know, but... Um, you know, as a prosecutor, you do have to have a, a lookout for not just winning and losing, but but making sure that justice is done, and you know, and and not only just making sure justice is done, but you know, don't you don't body slam a defendant with a super hard sentence just because you think it's an easy case to prove, you know. Whereas normally you wouldn't ever seek that kind of sanction, you know. So I mean, I, yeah, as a prosecutor, I I think it's it's very incumbent upon you um, to look out for justice, and I th I think that. People who worked with me as a prosecutor would say that that I was very even-handed, and, and that I um, I did spend a lot of time trying to make sure that that I did the right thing. Um, yeah, because a lot of, a lot of people sometimes it seems that judges aren't aware of the impact that they have on people, like um, like lawyers, for instance. A lot of lawyers who are private practice run over run all over the place from city to city, going from Pinellas County to Pasco to Hillsborough, and it's really hard for us to get everywhere on time and to do everything we want. Do you think it's important for a judge to be, you know, pleasant to the attorneys who are practicing in front of them and be flexible in understanding that these people are in business trying to earn a buck and to try to work with attorneys as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, the client, the clients of the attorneys are your constituents, and, and they're um, spending a lot of money for these attorneys. <laughs> attorneys don't typically work cheap. Right. Um, and so I think it is incumbent upon the court to try to have some flexibility uh, again, you have to maintain respect and decorum for the court, and so if somebody's abusing that flexibility, I think the judge does need to kind of to bring them to back in line. But I, I absolutely think that a judge, uh, you know, needs to bear in mind that people are are, sp are spending money for the attorney's time, and so you, you, I don't think one is a judge you want to waste attorney's time because on, at the end of the day, what you're really wasting is their client's money. Um, and and two, I, I do think you need to be respectful of the fact that people have other. Um, dockets and other calls, and, and you know, if they're somewhere else in the courtroom, uh, courthouse, then you know, maybe try to work around that as best you can to try to get back to it. Um, you know, because ultimately that's a benefit to the attorney's clients, now, not just the attorneys. It's not treating the attorneys as a privileged class. Now, when it's, it, it's, when it's you, making the system work. When you become a judge, you actually you actually have to sacrifice something when you become a judge. And the one thing that you sacrifice is you actually lose some of your First Amendment rights when you become a judge. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's even for judicial candidates. Like people might be asking, how come Bartlett isn't asking them his opinions about Roe v. Wade or legal decisions or legal precedents or politics? Because this show is basically a political show. Isn't it true that in Florida there's an ethical, uh, you know, 
there's an ethical duty of for judges and judicial candidates to abstain from being political. Yes. Yeah, so the, um, the the Florida laws require that the the, the Constitution has made these a nonpartisan race. Okay. So you can't even say if you're a Democrat or Republican, even if you wanted to. Nope. Cannot. It's 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 against the law and against the canons to to talk about that. Can't endorse candidates. Can't uh, get involved in other races. Can't even like you know like. A school board candidate is a nonpartisan race, but they can go to a Republican or a Democrat club and, and speak at the club. Right. You know, um, a judge can't even do that unless it's a it's part of a forum and all the candidates are invited. You right. have to you so you um, so yes, there are there are restrictions on judges, and that is so the public will, um, can feel like that the judge is is being unbiased. Not the not the judges don't have opinions, but that they're not bringing those opinions into the workplace. If you can't if you can't withhold you know your your personal opinions and follow the law, then then you shouldn't be a judge. Right. Now I got a buddy who's a judge in Ohio, and they don't have that restriction, so he posts his political beliefs all over Facebook, and he's a regular watcher of the show, um, and he's a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. But um, are you okay with that? I mean, that's a big sacrifice, not being able to be political or express your opinions in public. I, I think it, you know, well, one, I mean, you, you agree to it when you agree to run, so. Right. so you, you, you didn't get drafted. You volunteered for this mission. Yeah, yeah, no. Okay. So, you know, I, I agreed to do it. Um, but I, I think it does help for judges to stay out of, of political matters. I think it does. I mean, you know, I've been walking door to door. I've been talking to voters. And I think most voters, they feel better when you tell them it's a nonpartisan race and you, and the, and you tell them you're not going to get anything. Obviously, there's always people who, who disagree. But, but I think for the most part, voters feel good that their judges aren't getting invested in this other stuff. Sure. You know? and, and, I, and I agree. I mean, I think that, for instance, I think that the sheriff shouldn't be a political office. I don't think Sheriff Nako should be able to say, I'm endorsing this candidate or not. Because as a law enforcement, they're supposed to be watching out for all of Florida, not just Democrats or Republicans. So that's how I believe, but the law isn't that. And I'm not asking you to comment, because I know you can't comment because of the restrictions on that. Mm -hmm. But I really want to thank you for coming here, Jeremiah. And I'm going to call you Jeremiah several more times, because if you win the election, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to have to start calling you Your Honor, right? <laughs> so thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I, I hope people can check out my Facebook page at Hawks for Judge. Okay. I'll see you next week on Fight Back. Take care.